Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. Experimental films, fiction, documentaries, it's all part of the film festival that is starting this weekend. The 19th annual Whitaker St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase. Six of the 113 films that will be uh, be in the spotlight this year are feature-length. Collectively, they take viewers all over the place, from a women's prison in Vandalia to Henry Shaw's Museum to the Missouri Botanical Garden to World War II and many, many other places. Here with us in studio to talk about their respective films are directors Earl McWilliams Jr. and Cody Stokes. Earl directed Road to the Pros, a documentary focused on St. Louis amateur boxing scene, and Cody directed The Ghost Who Walks, a fictional narrative described as a breathlessly paced ride through the hidden underbelly of St. Louis. Earl and Cody, thank you both very much for being here today. And and I got to say that, that uh, both of your films are... Very interesting, well done, but very different. <laughs> so we, we have the challenge of trying to talk about something as different as a documentary and a, a, a feature film. Uh, so let's start with one of the things that I'm wondering about for both of you is what was it like, advantages and disadvantages, to try to shoot the movies that you did here in St. Louis? Cody, would you like to? Yeah, I mean, I think that... The advantage is, is this is just an un, untapped visual landscape. Um, there's really not a lot of films shot here that, that make it to a wider audience or um, you know get seen by many people at all. And so for me to come in and say, all right, I want to make something that's very familiar from a, a genre standpoint, but also um, isn't tired, you know, isn't something we've seen before. St. Louis kind of offered an opportunity to do that. And it's also a city that I know very well and that was very supportive of that. So that was a huge benefit for me coming back here and, and making the film. Earl? Yes, to piggyback what Mr. Cody said here, I, I agree in totality with the freshness of the subject matter. Amateur boxing is a sport that has been very prolific over the years, but it has been underpublicized. And I wanted to bring it to the forefront. I mean, we've we've had so many great champions that's come through. But in the last few decades, maybe two decades, the uh, interest has waned a bit. So I was hoping with, with the documentary to bring it to the mainstream a little more and maybe showcase it on a higher level. Uh, let's talk about just some of the, the, the mechanics of, of shooting here. Uh, Cody, your film, lots of very familiar places in it. Was it difficult to get permission and access to a place like Billy's, you know, there, that was uh, one of your scenes was done there. Um, there are other places that seem very familiar to St. Louisans. It is, was it hard to get the permissions and to do some of those things? Uh, not as hard as it would have been if I had done this in a New York or LA. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes some doing. You can't just walk somewhere with, you know, trucks of equipment and a crew and um, expect to shoot. But, but I will say across the board, I mean, the city was very open to us. So, in that regard, it was very accommodating and easy to make happen. Okay, I have a very specific question. So, sure. in, and I, I don't want to give away anything about the movie, but there's a there's an interesting fight scene in a school bathroom, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know mirrors get broken and stalls get torn down, and and, and the, the place is trashed because there's a fight in there. Where did you shoot that, and was that something that was difficult to get permissions to do that kind of – that? I mean, because I, I think people think, oh, a movie in St. Louis, it's going to look like a movie that was done in – but it looked, it looked like any other movie that you saw. Yeah, I mean, we, 
we, we set out to make a movie that wasn't specific to any one place. We just wanted to utilize the city as this kind of brand new backdrop that could be both St. Louis for people to know it, but also anywhere in America. Um, from the school perspective, yeah, to, to have a full-blown action sequence in a school bathroom is people aren't necessarily lining up to do that. Um, and I think kind of one of the benefits to us as filmmakers and also one of the uh, tragedies of our city is we have a lot of uh, empty uh, public schools. And um, so, so we were able to kind of do some work and work out a deal to shoot in one of those so that we could utilize a space that we wouldn't be uh, affecting adversely on a day-to-day basis, but they could really kind of accommodate what we wanted to do. And, and they were great working with us on that. Now, Earl, you're, you're in the documentary, it's a lot different because, you know, you're, you're following people around where they live, and, but you had a lot of boxers and coaches and mentors and people in it. Were people generally receptive to your cameras following them around? Absolutely. They were very candid in their conversations because they were so comfortable. Most of the trainers and fighters felt as though this type of vehicle was overdue. And they wanted, they had the same passion that I did. So it made the work, you know, very easy. So, I mean, it got, they were so accommodating. They were like, you need us to shoot some more? I said, well, we just shot eight hours, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, we're ready to talk some more. And, you know, I'm going to the dentist. I'm like, we don't have to do that. Well, let me ask both of you, and Earl, I'll start with you. Um, when, when you visually, you know, you're, what were you going for? Because I think both of you, in, in, in watching your movies, clearly a lot of thought was put into every shot of what you wanted it to look like. Did you have an overarching idea of what you wanted this film to look like? You know, I wanted it to look cinematic. Uh, I wanted to have that professional look but also I wanted it to depict the grittiness of the sport it is a combat sport I didn't want to glamorize it I wanted it to be an accurate depiction so uh, I wanted people to discuss not just the good stuff but also you know the the trials and tribulations losing in tournaments and not getting discouraged you know that's real life and I, I wanted I wanted that feel because again it's a documentary so I wanted everything to be true and gritty uh, and just an accurate depiction. Cody, when what approach did you take to when you thought about what you wanted this movie to look like? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the you, you consider what what are the parameters you have to work within. And so, you know, like Earl said, anyone making a film generally wants it to look very cinematic and, and bold in that way. And uh, ours approach was no different. Um, but knowing, okay, that's what we want to do. Um, but within a certain budget, the, the director of photography and I talked a lot about the, the rules we were going to set for ourselves, whether it be lens choices and lighting choices, and just made sure that we had that coherency throughout the whole film so that uh, when some of our moments were a little more, uh, not documentary, but a little more, oh, we have to adapt to a certain situation, we could go back to that rule book and know, okay, this is going to keep a visual coherency to the film if we just follow these steps we set out. And then on top of that, um, the whole film was storyboarded. So uh, there was, I can't remember, I think like 1,400 drawings or something before production even began. And and I I believe in preparation quite a bit, especially for narrative work. And uh, so for me to go in with that kind of plan, but also that adaptability was really important. So we kind of knew where we wanted to go with it visually. And uh, then we were able to kind of shift. And I would say the inspiration mostly came from, I mean, 
photographers, actually, not so much motion films as much as um, individual photographers. Nan Golden was one of them that really inspired me. I, I really wanted, the film is a gritty film, and I wanted it to be beautiful and rich, but I, I did not want to make it feel polished. I wanted it to feel very um, tangible. Is that why you chose handheld cameras in some scenes? Absolutely, yeah. So e- even that, that, that's a good example of a choice we made. Um, you know, the film is about this man who rats on someone to get out of prison to get back to his family and so his family being the ultimate goal the closer he got to it the more steady the the camera becomes throughout the film and that was kind of our choice scene by scene and so you know you had mentioned earlier there's a fight in the bathroom things like that those scenes were very I wanted you to feel that you were inside of the moment and so you know we had kind of built out this rig to where our cinematographer could be part of the choreography in some of those scenes so that you're really living and moving and feeling as tired as these actors are, say, in an action scene. Whereas if there's these kind of moments where maybe he's closer to his family or something like that, it really kind of settles and you can feel their emotions play out. Um, and then also the, the the movie's about time. It takes place over 48 hours. So I wanted to let shots... The rule was if a shot could be longer, if it could play out longer, we always let it do that. So as much as a, something could be done in single takes, that was always a preference for us as well. Now, one of the things that both of your uh, movies have in common is the focus on characters. Now, obviously, Earl's your characters are real people, <laughs> and, and Cody, yours are, are fictional. But, uh, Earl, I'm, I'm very interested in your choice to profile as many boxers as you did because um, – Many of them had very compelling stories, and a couple of them I wanted to know a little bit more about. Um, was it hard? I mean, could talk about the choice of profiling uh, the number of boxers that you did. I think there were five or six, maybe right. about six. Six, yes. yes. So, I mean, it composed as opposed to like following two or three very closely. What was the choice behind that? Well, one of the most important aspects was to showcase the the versatility and uh, of and the diversity of the sport. Uh, Since this was an introduction to a lot of people, I wanted people to know that it's all genres of people that, you know, participate in the sport. You have older, you have younger, you know, it's, it's all races, nationalities, whatnot. And that's what we wanted to stress because it's not just an urban sport. You know, for example, we have, uh, a lot of females that fight mm-hmm. in St. Louis, and they're good. And one of them was profiled in your... Exactly, exactly. And um, it was very important to showcase the diversity. So what we wanted to do, we, we showcased uh, variety. We had, I believe, 10 trainers, and they all had compelling stories because you have one group of like iconic trainers that have been around since the 50s and 60s, and I wanted to show that progression where they're passing the torch to the younger generation. So that was that was the contrast there, the old and passing the torch to the young, and then the diversity of fighters I wanted to showcase. What were some of the biggest or unexpected challenges that both you had in putting this film together? Um, Earl, we'll start with you. One of the biggest challenges, I tell you, it was more so in the editing room. Because, you know, you, you shoot so much com- compelling footage, you know, you think everything is perfect. And you say, how do I trim this down to an hour, you know? And I don't want to leave anyone out because it was just so much. Everyone was so candid. And so the footage was, oh, well, we can't leave that. You know? <laughs> Cody, you're nodding your head. Is that, you, is it... Oh, you know, the edit is always kind of a, a love-hate situation when you're making a movie. But, uh, I mean, for for us, I think... 
this film took me a long time to make. It took five years to, to get to here. Um, and when I first wrote the film, I was living in New York at the time. And so one of the, one of the big changes is this film kind of had a life in New York uh, before I moved back to St. Louis, and it had been written to be shot there. And so that transitioned, you know, finally going, all right, I'm going to move back to St. Louis, um, not for the film. I moved back uh, with my family. But because I moved back, I'm going to rewrite this film. I'm going to shoot it here. You know, that certainly added some time. And, and then a big thing for uh, Dan Gardner, and who's my producer, and myself, you know, we, we had been working on this together when it was in New York. We came back and we said, all right, well, if we're back here, how are we going to pull this off? I mean, all, all the all the potential financing we had and everything else had gone away. And so, uh, you know, raising the money to make the film was obviously a huge challenge. We were able to um, – David Johnson came on as our executive producer, and he's the president at Cool Fire Studios, which is a, a production company in town we work a lot with. And, um, and so he really kind of opened those doors for us to introduce us to the people we would need to know locally to – kind of put this together. So that was one of the bigger challenges when it came to making the film itself. I had spent so long thinking about it that it, that it wasn't necessarily, I mean, I was doing it in my sleep already. So there's, there's the day-to-day challenges of production, right? You know, a location falls through, um, something's late, something's not there. You know, there's those common things, but, but I think that those are pretty, uh, regular for us. So that didn't seem very hard. It was definitely the before and now the after the sales part of it, you know, to have gone through all this work to make such a great film and to, to make sure it sees the light of day. That's, that's a whole new process in and of itself. We're talking with directors Earl McWilliams Jr. and Cody Stokes, whose films will be presented at the St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase. Um, building on that, Cody, how do you do, so now what? Now you, you, you have this labor of love and it got made. <laughs> now what? I mean, how do you, is it, you know, entering it into film festivals? Is it uh, uh, trying to get it released wider? And, and, or, or is more of this about getting somebody to believe in you to front some money for the next project? Uh, well, it's all of the above. Um, yes, film festivals are a big part of that. We're currently doing, you know, doing that outreach ourselves and submissions now. Um, and then because we, we did make a movie uh, with a commercial aspect to it, the intention is to sell this movie. Um, you know, we're going through the sales process right now. And and that's uh, that's as hard as any other part of filmmaking. I mean, there's nothing easy about, you know, what we're doing. None of us are doing this for our health. But uh, it, it's all part of the process, and you got to kind of stick it out. And we were just talking, actually, before we got on the air about how amazing it is to be part of something like the Filmmakers Showcase for that very reason. Because I think films get made for a lot of different reasons, and there's a lot of different types of film made from uh, scale and budget perspectives and to kind of all get to come together and be supported by our local community and say, hey, from at least from a creative level, all things are created equal. We all have a voice in this city and we all are worth talking about and watching our, our projects and, our, and the, the things we've made, whether it's something that took five years and uh, a lot of money ver- or, or something that took you know a day to shoot. It, they're all worthy of some level of... Uh, you know, admiration. Earl, what about you? Because your your film, I mean, it, you have a very a specific point of view that you want people to get something out of. But what what now? What happens with your film? Well, I am hoping that it's the segue to perhaps to launch future uh, documentaries under the Road to the Pros banner. Uh, there's so many great gyms in the area, uh, boxing gyms that I would like to focus on exclusively, maybe in an episodic sense, you know, maybe a reality series. But yes, we are looking for national distribution. 
for sure. So is your passion more boxing or filmmaking? It's both. I mean, would you do would you do a film that isn't about boxing? I sure would. I sure would. I, I would, would you do a boxing project that wasn't about film? That didn't have a film aspect. <laughs> I would it. like to expand the brand for sure. I mean, boxing is my passion because you know, right now I'm looking at myself as somewhat of a crusader in the sense that I do want to heighten the awareness of the sport. Uh, I come from an amateur boxing background, and I, I think that boxing has lacked the attention that it deserves. The amateur boxing. And I would like to help in any way that I can to uh, allow people to be aware and support. But I would like to expand the brand and and do high school sports as well because I'm a sports guy. Um, what uh, a lot of people think boxing is in a lot of trouble, and they 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 call MMA the the real challenge to that sport. Do you see it that way? And what has that effect been on the St. Louis boxing scene? Well. I'll give MMA credit for they have a keen sense of promotion. One thing about MMA athletes, the fighters and that, themselves. And that's mixed martial arts, by the exactly. way. I, we didn't, I didn't say that. It's mixed martial arts. It's kind of like boxing, except you can kick and uh, right, there's right. some other stuff in it. But go on. Right. Well, they're, they're characters mm-hmm. as well as that. You, know, you can sell a character better than you can an athlete. You assume that all athletes are good athletes, but if you have a character that you can sell, a personality, and that's what boxing is lacking at the moment. You have to have something to sell. And uh, MMA, or that's a genre that's very good at marketing, and I think that's pretty much the distinction. That's the difference between the two. So we just have to start to market it more, and I think we will get more supporters. So while Earl's film is more about, you know, getting people to understand boxing, uh, Cody, yours is more just an entertaining film, a gritty, interesting film with some interesting characters, or were you going for something bigger than that? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone that makes a film sets out to... It's not just the film you see in front of you. So I, I, uh, I first came up with the idea of this film after my daughter was born. So I wanted to make a film about fatherhood. And um, I knew that to, to make a film, it, it also has to be entertaining. Um, I mean, films, film is the only art form that started as entertainment. You know, everything else was some kind of communication or religious aspect. And film was just a, a parlor trick at first. And so it's built into the DNA of this art form. And so I knew, you know, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to make a genre film that was entertaining that could also kind of expand the audience. You know, I, I personally love art house uh, films and European cinema and kind of came up on that. But I knew that that wasn't where I come from personally. That's not the people I know. They don't want to go watch that stuff. And so I wanted to make something that was able to kind of bring in a bigger audience, but leave them thinking about something a little more than they intended to. What I got out of it, and I'm just wondering if this is what you were hoping for, is Nolan's choices end up being an allegory for all of our choices and how you make choices and then the ghosts of your past end up manifesting themselves in some way because of the choices that you make. And while most people who watch this film won't have been to prison and rat out their boss, they do make some decisions in their lives and then that can lead to their past haunting them. Is that what you were? Absolutely. I mean, that was something. So I, I direct commercials for a living and I'm on the road a lot. Um, 
And that was kind of the idea of just being away, missing out. I mean, that's something that, that I think haunts me on a regular basis as a father is like, all right, this is what I do. Um, this is how I provide for my family. This is also what I'm good at, but it also takes me out of the mix. It takes me away. And, and what does that mean? And what, what do I owe because of that? And so that's kind of, obviously no one wants to watch a movie about a commercial director, like feeling, feeling sorry for himself. So, you know, I wanted to make that more exciting, but, but it was like, yes, what, even just being away, the choices you make that take you away from the people you're supposed to care about and take care of. Um, that's really what it started as and kind of went from there. And I, I certainly don't want to give away anything in this movie, but the end, it's, you gotta, you gotta watch the movie for the end if for nothing else. Earl, uh, so, um, your, your point of view though, you, you, you hope people will watch this and get more interested in amateur boxing in St. Louis? Yes, because it really, it's an education into the sport. I don't want, it's to debunk the myths of the sport. Quite often, when we think about combat sports, we're emphasizing, uh, you know, the violence or the, uh, the brutality, but there's more to it. I wanted it to be more of a human interest story, uh, to get to know the characters and understand that they're not driven by money, they're not driven by brutality, they're driven by just a goal to be the best that they can be in their, you know, chosen field. And the bond between the trainers and the child you know, the boxer themselves. I mean, you have trainers who become father figures and uncles and big brothers to their kids because they spend so much time together, sometimes seven days a week. And three or four hours a day, they they, they build on that closeness, and that's really what I wanted to showcase in the movie. I, I think that uh, it's been said many times when a piece of art is about something, it's never about what it's about. It's about something much bigger. And the films are Road to the Pros, directed by Earl McWilliams Jr., and The Ghost Who Walks, directed by Cody Stokes. They're both part of the uh, St. Louis uh, and the annual Whitaker St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase. Earl and Cody, thanks both of you for making your movies and uh, for sharing it with us this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having you. us. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.